Uh, one of the things that I always say in the content of loss is that there's hope for everyone, for every single one of you guys out there, wherever you might be on your journey right now, uh, habituation is possible for all of you guys. Um, if you have a brain and if you're human, then you will be able or then you have the potential to habituate to your tinnitus. Hello and welcome back to the Outering Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host, the guy who was born deaf in one ear, who is wearing a hearing aid and who's got severe tinnitus in his other ear um, and who's working as an online tinnitus coach. So you know that I've been preparing online coaching programs to help everyone habituate and in today's episode I'm giving you a talk or I'm sharing with you a talk that I gave in a special webinar for Otto. So join me today. As I take you through the steps of how I became a tinnitus coach, but also what my program, my coaching programs, as well as my community is all about. And I just wanted to say that I'm very, very grateful and happy that, yeah, that so many of you are actually turning and tuning into this podcast. Um, I've seen some statistics recently, and this podcast is really growing in size and numbers. So we are within the top 5% on Apple and Spotify in the podcast range. So I'm really, really happy. So thank you all for that. Um, if you want to make sure that more people uh, get this content, then make sure to subscribe and give us a short review. Um, it really helps me uh, providing this content for more and more people and to helping more people out there with tinnitus but without further ado let's do the quick intro and then get right into the episode where i share my story um, and also how you can tackle habituation in the auto special webinar welcome and thank you Hello and welcome to the Outering Tinnitus podcast. This is Frida and I'm your host. This podcast is all about the tinnitus science and what you can do to live a better life despite the ringing. To begin with, um, hello everyone. Um, if this you're joining us for the first time, my name's Dr. Ed Farah. Um, I'm an ex-military doctor, I have tinnitus and I'm also the founder of Otto. So uh, if you're joining us again, thank you very much for, for joining. We've got a really exciting guest for you tonight, um, Frida, who um, is the founder of Outring Tinnitus. And Frida's just a really, really great example of someone that's turned their personal journey with tinnitus into a mission to, to help others. Um, so I'm really excited for you guys to hear Frida's story. And Frida's helped so many people through his coaching service, guide people towards um, better understanding their tinnitus and also manage their tinnitus better. So he's here with you tonight to share his insights. Um, Frida's got a presentation for you all, which which he's going to give first. Um, and then we're going to go into a Q&A. So if you have any questions, please use the Q&A function in the chat. But Frida, it's great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. Well, thanks, Ed, for the introduction. It's really, really nice to be here with all of you guys. Uh, I'm honored to be here. And I can only give uh, the exact same flowers back to you. I mean, you deal with tinnitus yourself, so you founded something that uh, reaches so many people all over the world and uh, helps so many people all over the world with this condition. So I think that's fantastic because when I started dealing with tinnitus, um, that was about 15 years ago. There was not that much accessible knowledge, etc., online or pretty much anywhere where uh, people would have told you, um, this is how you go about it. This is the steps that can be helpful for you to pursue now. It's just like the regular ENT stuff. Try to protect your ears a little bit more and that's it, right? So 
Yeah, um, so thanks for the introduction. Well then, uh, hi everyone. Again, uh, Ed already said it. My name is Frida Kuhner. It's a little bit of a difficult name to pronounce. I'm German, uh, very uh, from the very south of Germany originally, but I live in Berlin with my wife. Um, I've been working as a tennis coach for the past five years, um, uh, four and a half years. And uh, today I want to just uh, show you a little bit of what my personal journey looked like, um, but then exactly also what uh, what Ed told you before, uh, what I do as a tinnitus coach and how um, I approach uh, tinnitus and the people that I work with, but also the people that we have in our community and the people who... Um, who, who I interact and work with. Um, so first, a little bit of a, a few words of encouragement. I know that is, is what, I was, what I've been talking about today. When I started dealing with tinnitus when I was 19 years old, um, apart from the ENT telling me that it's relatively normal and I should be protecting my hearing more, um, no one told me that actually this, this, these sensations, that anxiety, all these, these, these feelings and, and thoughts around this condition that that you, you deal with, um, there's very little help out there. Um, and, and, and while it happened eventually, uh, I didn't know that I was being habituated to tinnitus and that I was habituating to tinnitus. So uh, one of the things that I always say in the content of loss is that there's hope for everyone, for every single one of you guys out there, wherever you might be on your journey right now, uh, habituation is possible for all of you guys. Um, if you have a brain and if you're human, then you will be able, or then you have the potential to habituate to your tinnitus. And uh, this is the, the, a very short personal message that I want to share with pretty much anyone who might be on this call and who might be accessing the recording later on that um, there is a place that, where tinnitus won't bother you anymore and you can go about your life as you did before tinnitus. Um, because my personal story starts with uh, being born deaf on my left ear. So I am completely deaf on my left ear. I was born that way. The right ear was uh, more or less okay. Uh, after doing a little bit too much clubbing in my teenage years, I uh, started getting hearing loss in my right ear. And uh, yeah, for probably 10 years now, I also have a hearing aid in my right ear plus that tinnitus. And um, a few years ago, um, I started then working as a tinnitus coach. Uh, in 2019, I started as a tinnitus coach after uh, working also here in a startup environment at um, a, a hearing testing app. Um, and uh, by now we've been helping about uh, well, over 300 uh, people from all over the world with um, uh, their tinnitus and really getting them better with their tinnitus symptoms. And that's something that I have made it my mission. So in, in the same way that Ed has made it his mission with Otto and you guys are uh, on the Otto app. So uh, fantastic work that's being done here. Um, uh, today, I want to share a little bit um, what uh, I do as a tennis coach, where I come from, um, what the strategies uh, are that we do in our coaching and in our community, and uh, how some of the points that you might take from for your own journey. And of course, there's probably so many supplementary resources out there. So um, Ed and me, we've previously done a podcast episode on my podcast as well. So uh, you can check that out as well. And, and then you can hear uh, our conversation that is already a while ago. So Ed, it's been taking us a while until we uh, get back together for this uh, session here with, with Otto. But um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, just quickly, uh, I have introduced myself um, just quickly to see, to tell you a little bit of an overview of what we've done so far. Um, uh, me being a small team, uh, including my wife with a lot of support from, from my wife. So thank you in this place to my wife. Uh, since 2019, I started the coaching in the podcast, um, the podcast called the Outering Tinnitus Podcast. 
Um, in 2022, last year, after three years of coaching and many, many, many uh, happy clients, we launched a community. Um, it's an online community called MyTimes.Club. I don't want to go too much into it. Um, and uh, this year, I've been launching uh, my first book on tinnitus calling, called Accepting the Unacceptable. I think it's a nice title for something that eventually um, uh, will lead us into the next topic of how I approach habituation and uh, how maybe some of you guys can take something from this evening tonight of how you might take some of the things um, that I have learned as a tinnitus coach in the last few years in order to uh, for your own habituation journey. Just a very quick word from my side before we get back into the episode and before we talk more about my personal strategies and my coaching programs as well as the online courses that um, I strategically uh, help people with to habituate, I wanted to mention three different resources that you can use and start your process of habituation right now to really get better with your tinnitus and to make uh, quick improvements. So if you haven't uh, checked it out, we have a free guide to tinnitus under www.tinnitus-guide.com um, you can read my free guide to tinnitus and um, we will share a lot of good strategies and tips and tricks. Uh, the second one that I want to share with you is the 100 hacks for tinnitus. You will find that also in the description to this episode. Also completely for free, you can download my 100 hacks, which are based on the book Accepting the Unacceptable, an eight weeks journey towards tinnitus habituation. The final resource I want to share with you before we get back into the episode is our online community. So if you want to join us, then go to mytinnitus.club for a free 14 days trial and we'll be super happy to see you over there all right back to the show um what a tinnitus journey can look like is probably very much similar for all of you guys out there or for most people out there is the first the very very first things that we need to do is we need to diagnose and establish so you need to go to your ent or you, to your um, audiologist or to your GP and say to them, hey, uh, I have tinnitus, I have ringing in the ears, or I have this kind of experience, I have this symptom. Um, can we just please see what's going on here? And then you will get your tests, et cetera. Everything in 99% of all cases, everything will be fine. And then the real work starts from a perspective of probably what Ed and, 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 and the Otto team are perfectly doing and perfectly capable of doing to... First of all, in the very first step, and that's also what I understand as my coach, because that's exactly what I started dealing with, right? I didn't know what, I mean, I knew what tinnitus was, but I didn't know that up to 20 to 25% of the population would be dealing with it, right? So a basic level of understanding what tinnitus is and what it isn't is so much more empowering than uh, being left with a, there is nothing we can do and just go back home and don't upset, don't get upset and stressed about it. Because as soon as this, this, this mind-body connection with tinnitus where we focus on the sound and then we have an emotional reaction or we have thoughts about it, an emotional reaction, the release of chemicals in our body that drive our system and really get us worked up, etc. Uh, and, and, and that is sort of the feedback loop in which tinnitus is the, the uh, always constant 24-7 intruder that we can't seem to be getting rid of, etc. And then if we would just educate people about this um about this reaction a little bit more as probably unfortunately in our modern he healthcare system i know ed uh, i've been also working with people from from the uk so um neither the german healthcare system nor the nhs has a proper address to really uh, telling gps or ents that they can sit down for 40 minutes and explain the person what they're actually going through with their tinnitus so that's where your work and also part of my work comes in 
Um, so the first step, again, is just um, without making this too too complicated here, is, is really to educate the person what they're dealing with and what they're not dealing with, and to really also take stock. Yeah? And this leads me to the second point, take stock and observe what elements of your tinnitus really make it bothersome to you, because um, I've recently done a podcast interview with uh, Dr. Craig Casper, uh, an ENT and tinnitus specialist from New York, and he said, and this was a fantastic quote, I thought, when you've seen one tinnitus patient, you've seen one tinnitus patient. I mean, they might have, um, they might have similar uh, uh, stories of how it started or the hearing loss progression, etc. But really, if you've seen one person with tinnitus, you've seen one person with tinnitus, and if for every single person, different aspects of their tinnitus make it bothersome to them and chat and 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 and, and get different uh, reactions and different feelings and emotions going in them. So it is incredibly helpful to observe and learn what elements of your tinnitus are bothersome to you. And in order to really uncover sort of deeply ingrained belief systems that have maybe made it more normal than not to react in your, to your tinnitus in a certain way. Like when you get out of bed in the morning, the first thing you hear it, you're like, oh, there it goes again. How will I get through the day today, right? And if we have that thought, the next time we go to boil the, boil the water in the kettle or we make the coffee, we're like, oh man, it's still there. So whenever we in these transitioning moments, it's constantly bugging us. And, and our natural response is always like, oh my goodness. And then the stress response comes, right? So you get it. So, so the second step is absolutely observe to learn your reaction and to slowly but steadily start to question that belief system that you have every single time when your tinnitus seems to be challenging coming up and boom, you're on the, you're on the, on the slide down into the into the into the mud, basically. Um, third step, and I, I want to make this brief now. Um, uh, practicing tools from uh, cognitive behavior therapy, strange tools, cognitive behavior therapy, and acceptance and commitment therapy, which is more based in the mindfulness realm. And we know um, uh, fantastic stuff out there from Jennifer Gans, my, mindfulness-based um, stress reduction for tinnitus fantastic stuff or um we know how many studies are out there right now that uh depression uh, can be treated by mindfulness nearly i'm not saying always but nearly there's studies that indicate that as well as tools of mindfulness and implementing tools of mindfulness into into people's lives so Forming new associations with your tinnitus is then the next key, right? The first one is observing your reaction. And the second one is forming these new, new associations with their tinnitus. That doesn't mean that, oh, yeah, I just got to think positive now. And then suddenly my tinnitus will stop bothering me. No, that's, of course, impossible because something that's bothersome to you is bothersome to you. But the first thing is to practice tools of mindfulness, acceptance and commitment therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy in order to allow you to feel whatever is going on and then to slowly but steadily building a new association with tinnitus. And that brings me to my, um, to my next point, Point number four is build and fine-tuned. It's what I do in my coaching process and also uh, what we do in the community is we build your practices, we discuss the obstacles that you might be facing, and you can share your progress with other people or with the coach, and probably you do that. I'm, I'm very sure you do that with with uh, um, um, with uh, Otto as well. And adjust accordingly, right? So the core principles 
as it relates to acceptance and commitment therapy, mindfulness-based strategies are, I always like to use the uh, metaphor of spider phobia. And that's why I looked at the ceiling. If, if people with spider phobia are treated with acceptance and commitment therapy, then they have, they might at the start of that uh, therapeutic approach have a very strong reaction towards the spider. And that very, very strong reaction towards that spider might be coming up every single time they go into a room where there's a spider. And here in Europe, we all know, I mean, uh, no, I, I haven't seen anyone from Australia now, right? So any guys, people from Australia, please don't uh, take me by my word. But here in Europe, here in Germany, we have no dangerous spiders. So anyone who has a severe reaction to a spider, it 100% of the time is an overreaction and it's not necessary to the stimulus that we are exposed to. So in the same way that you can unlearn this reaction to your spider, you can unlearn your reaction to tinnitus. Right. Some of you guys will know the, the, the Pavlovian conditioning where the dog salivates, ring the bell, you react in that way, dog gets the food, etc. Right. So the same thing is true for tinnitus and spiderphobia for also other conditions like insomnia. And it's very, very important that we build a new relationship with the tinnitus underlyingly because I'm telling you, and Ed can tell you, and many other people on the internet and, and, and great videos and resources can tell you that a guy like me, yeah who some of you guys or, or some people would online argue like, hmm, he is deaf on one ear, so he can absolutely not hear anything on one ear, has a tinnitus and a hearing aid in the other ear. How can he just go about his life without being bugged about tinnitus and be reminded constantly about that he has tinnitus? Well, only if he's habituated and his brain has categorized tinnitus as what it is, a benign body sensation that I don't need to be upset about. So the next step then is after building and fine tuning to see like, okay, where are your current obstacles? Where do you really need to maybe go into a few more sessions? Probably also in, in with Otto, probably you guys do pretty much the, the, the same journey for people where you build and fine tune then the first learnings that people have to say, okay, how do we need to adjust your progress now in order to really make it work for you and to see, okay, what are the obstacles that keep you from um, making the, the, the last progress? Um, living your life is super important because when we reduce our life to battling tinnitus, we will lose that battle probably every single time. Same with insomnia, same with spiderphobia. If we want to get rid of the emotions, but we don't work through our association with the thing that triggers our emotion, then we're not going to succeed. So living your life sends a powerful message to your brain that you're willing to continue with whatever you're doing, although feeling not as nice sometimes due to your tinnitus and having troubles with your tinnitus sometimes. That's absolutely okay. All of us are going through it. Sometimes a very, very, very difficult period in our, in our life. And I've seen it in many, many people and probably you here in the Otto community as well. But it's absolutely crucial that you send that message to your brain. I'm continuing my life. Of course, it's smart to make a few adjustments to say, mm, maybe I will skip that uh, uh, that rave festival where I will be exposed to 120 decibel of techno music over the period of 10 hours if I'm dealing with uh, uh, um, um, acute tinnitus right now. But other than that, right, uh, live your life sends a fantastic message to your brain where your brain goes like, Huh. he is willing to continue anyhow with all the things and then slowly but steadily I can learn that what I'm doing around living my life and these tools and, and practices that I'm including in order to get my brain closer to habituation these two things they start coming together and I can feel that the more and more I do that and the more I practice that the less burden I experience from my tinnitus and then I can go into step number six habituate and be, be beyond 
Um, habituation is something that comes unforced. Um, it's like learning to swim. Um, if you're drowning, it's very unlikely you will learn to swim. Because when you're drowning, you're fighting for your life. And when you fight, your energy goes away and you're done. Same thing with driving a car. If you had to, if you were put in a car, you don't know how to drive a car. It's a life-threatening situation. Probably not very smart. Sleeping, the same thing. If you try to control your sleep, the more you try to control your sleep, the less you're actually going to have control over it because it's 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 something it's a it's something that happens in our bodies without any conscious effort. And the more you try to force it upon yourself, the more you're going to be aware of it. The more stress you're going to create, the more stress hormones are going to be relieved, and it's going to be seen as a problem. And you have operant conditioning, which is going to lead you to continue to react in that certain way. So. Your brain through repetitive action vis-a-vis synapses can keep itself from habituation and, and you are the one who responds to how you react to your tinnitus and therefore also you uh, determine how quickly you will be able to habituate. And through this repetitive cycle, either of things that will get you closer to habituation or things that will move you further away, you will habituate all by itself, right? But it is... It's not that easy to say, like, I'll just have to go through it. And because there are certain things that can exacerbate your tinnitus symptoms and there are things that can make it better. And I think everyone has a little bit of different approaches in here. And, uh, and, and, and my approach is maybe different from, from other people's approach. I have uh, built my own over the last uh, uh, four and a half years. And today I want to share also a little bit. Uh, um, with uh, you guys, we how we do that. So how do we uh, get people to habituate to their tinnitus and how how uh, what have I found most valuable? And uh, the very first thing uh, I can say is uh, the community that we build, probably similar also what you see um, in, in Otto, a place where, where people come together for events like this one right now, um, where you chat with other members, but all in a moderated way. So not, and this is probably also something that you guys have uh, learned, um, uh, being in these forums where absolute mayhem is going, there's a lot of people who drive themselves further away from habituation. The same way that I told you, the more you control your sleep, the worse probably it gets. So the more you try to control your tinnitus and your process of habituating and you compare yourself to how well you're doing, um, the more it's probably going to drive you away from habituating to it. And that's that's what happens in these unmoderated forums. So that's why it's so important to have a sense of community, but to have that in a frame where, where you're safe and where there's someone who moderates these experiences, which um, uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys uh, do at Otto as well. Um, and the same what we're doing here right now uh, through uh, coaching calls, online tinnitus coaching calls, um, accountability check-ins, saying, okay, what are your current obstacles? Where do you want to be in the future? Um, what are you dealing with right now? And uh, uh, these sort of constant coaching calls that sort of hold each other accountable, but also sweep in positivity to say like, okay, the last two weeks I wanted to do this. And now I can do that and now I'm going on and that really worked well for me. So that's something that, I, that we also find very, very valuable with our uh, strategies. And the last one, and this is uh, always going to be an absolutely uh, free of charge resource, um, uh, my Tinnitus podcast and YouTube content uh, accessible for all of you guys out there. Again, I already did the uh, episode together with, uh, with Ed. That was a lot of fun. So um, if you're looking for probably you've already have a lot of podcasts and a lot of content to consume. But if there's one more, and uh, if you like what I've been telling you tonight, then uh, go check these resources out. Um, um, uh, and um, yeah, um, should we uh, already look into some questions, Ed, what do you think? 
All right, Frida here again. Just one very, very quick uh, comment. Um, something that uh, Dawn recently uh, commented on in our community. She said, all I can say about the Sinatus community is, wow, I wish I had found it sooner. Frida has been amazing in my journey with my tinnitus and has guided and supported me to better times. The community is also full of lovely people willing to share their stories and offer their help. If you are struggling with your tinnitus and are thinking of joining, do it. You will not regret it. You will never feel like you're own again dealing with this condition. So thank you very much, Don. And if you want to um, make use of all the courses, uh, sessions that we have on our online tinnitus community, then go to www.mytinnitus.club. And let's get back to the show. But I, honestly, I would love for you to get all the support and to get the positivity. And these success stories can be read in our success story thread inside our community. Back to the show. Yeah, firstly, thank you for taking us through that, Frida. It's really, really interesting stuff and, and certainly uh, echoes so much of what we say and so much of how we help people to, to understand their own tinnitus and manage tinnitus. So, you know, really, really resonates and I'm sure will resonate with many people here as well. So, yeah, let's jump Let's jump into the questions. Um, so we've got a few um, coming through. So... Um, First question here from 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 Giselle. So um, Giselle has described tinnitus that changes quite frequently. So her tinnitus will ramp up for a few days, then it will get quiet again, and then she feel like she's back. She'll feel like she's back to the drawing board. Um, is this is this intermittent tinnitus? Is this is this normal? And and can she habituate? She's been like this for eighteen months. Is is habituation still possible? Uh, I mean, again, uh, my question to her would be if she's human and if she has a, has a brain. No, uh, let me like, like, I, I, I take that very seriously. Um, I know that a lot of people say when tinnitus changes a lot, um, it's more difficult to habituate. Um, I, I say yes and no. Um, it is a little bit more challenging as when it's not as bad. So you could argue it both ways. When it's not as bad, it might be um, much easier for you to deal with your tinnitus. But when it's especially bad, then you constantly have this toss and turn and you constantly have this push and pull, which in fact uh, leads you susceptible to a greater um, fluctuations also in emotions. So the one day it's great that your tinnitus is very low and the next day it's you're you're absolutely at minus 100 because it fluctuates again. But again, the thing that we've been talking today tonight uh, a lot about and what you probably also talk a lot about, Ed, maybe uh, your response to the question afterwards, interesting as well. It's not the tinnitus itself that 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 what is your underlying problem here but the the problem here is your reactivity towards the tinnitus and my answer to that would also be if you say say you have a bad day with loud tinnitus volume and you could have affirmative action so learn that even on a loud day you can go after your hobbies you can perform well at your job you can do whatever you want in your life and if the loud days right bear with me the, the the quiet days are not your problem the loud days are your problem and then the the difference between those two but if you can signal to yourself and to your brain that even on the loud days you are willing to continue with everything that you are doing you're willing to acknowledge and accept that then you can slowly but steadily start to moderate that massive anxiety response that you have on such a loud day and if that response is diminished a little bit then a loud day loses a little bit of its fear quality right then maybe you don't have to fear or fight a loud day as much anymore yeah that's um that's so true and i think just i would i suspect what happens is when you know you have that fear 
and that anxiety of those days when your tinnitus ramps up. And then when the tinnitus does ramp up, you think, oh God, I'm back to square one now. But actually you're not back to square one because you've had all those good days where your tinnitus hasn't been much of a problem. Um, so though you've, you know, and that's where journaling is really important as well um, because, you know, when you journal, you'll recognize that actually the frequency of bad days that you have is going down. So definitely there's some really interesting stuff there. And um, if we had a bit more time, I'd love to dig in a bit more. Um, but next, let's go on to the next question. Um, so uh, Victoria, um, so Victoria is having some trouble waking up in the morning. And the first thing that happens is she, she, notices, her, she notices her tinnitus and she has that feeling of, oh God, there it is again. How am I going to, how am I going to go through this day with, with this tinnitus again? What would you recommend? How could you stop that kind of negative response cycle? How could you interrupt that? What would you recommend? Uh, the first thing I would recommend is not trying to stop it because it's like when I tell you don't think of a pink elephant and everyone in this uh, in this call will immediately be thinking of a pink elephant. It's that exact uh, it's it's that exact conditioning where we try to it in essence what your brain is doing it tries to protect you. It has categorized tinnitus as something negative. Therefore, of course, the negative uh, association with your tinnitus is trying to be avoided. So your brain doesn't want this reaction. So when you wake up in the morning, first thing you hear it, of course, you try anything to avoid it. But what happens, in fact, is the more you avoid it, the more you avoid it, the more you create the negative reaction, the more stress hormones are released, the more it confirms to your brain that you're dealing with an actually dangerous thing because your brain can't distinguish whether you're fighting tinnitus or a lion who's charging at you. So the big thing for her, I would say, is don't try to stop it. Because when you try to stop it, that's exactly when your focus is going to be exacerbated on it and you're going to be really focusing on it and that's going to be driving you mad the whole day rather and this is I, I know this sounds contradictory this sounds really contradictory but I, what I say to some of the people why don't you put tinnitus on your shoulder and take him with you for the first two hours and when you do that you integrate him in your morning routine and you say like he's sitting here with me on my shoulder making a cup of tea and then I'm telling you when you tell your brain the experience of tinnitus is safe then you have the best chance of suddenly sitting there reading your newspaper, forgetting that you were focusing on tinnitus. And that's how slowly but steadily habituation happens. Yeah, that's, that's really, I'd love, I've not heard that before, um, but I'm going to start giving that, that, that piece of advice. It's um, I love that. It, it, it's, and you know, we get this a lot as well. It's um, it, your reaction is to fight it. Your reaction is to say, I need to try and ignore this. I need to do everything I tried. I need to do everything I can to try and forget that my tinnitus is there. But the more you try to fight it, the more you try to ignore it and you force yourself to try and ignore it, the harder it becomes, the more stressed you get, the more anxious you get. Look, if you can't ignore it, you can't ignore it. It's with you. Your tinnitus is going to be there. And, you know, if, as Peter said, um, you know, accept the tinnitus is going to be there with you. And and pretty quickly, you'll, you'll, you'll actually start to forget that it's there. Um, it's like, it's okay. like, if I, yeah, if I go ahead. just one last comment, it's yeah. and this is the perfect example. The more you struggle against being awake at night, the more you will not be able to get back to sleep. It's the, it's the same example. So you wake up in the middle of the night and it, the difference between an insomniac, someone who has trouble sleeping and a normal sleeper is what do they do? They wake up, the normal sleeper wakes up and says, oh, I still got three hours, turns around and sleeps again. The insomniac has, has developed an aversion 
against being awake at night. And that conditioning will lead them to release stress hormones because they've associated being awake at night with something dangerous. Therefore, they won't sleep again. Same is true for tinnitus. You build this aversion, you have this connection of negative and unwanted, you're going to be focusing more on it. And that's, I think, one of the crucial things that people need to understand first. And that's, I mean, it's a difficult thing and people need to be in the right place in order to understand and to be willing to do that. Because of course, too many people say, I want to go to the doctor's office, get a pill and be done with this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 just to be clear as well, I would say that it's this reaction that your brain has isn't isn't something that, you know, don't feel guilty about having that reaction. It's 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 just an automatic thing that your brain has done to try and protect you. It's a protective mechanism, isn't it? Your brain is trying to trying to protect you from this. And all we need to do is try and teach your brain that it doesn't need to protect you. This thing's fine. It's not going to hurt you. Um Okay, so um, really good question here from Jill. Um, so Jill said she's she's uh, assumed really you've never tried a hearing aid in your left ear. How does the right hearing aid affect your tinnitus? Has it helped? Uh, yes, one hundred percent. I mean, if if I don't have my hearing aid in, I mean, apart from the fact that I would only understand fifty percent of the things, right? Because my hearing loss is quite severe in the higher frequencies already, so. I, I can't watch TV without my hearing aid, for example. So the, the thing for me is with my hearing aid, I hear 50% more, which is masking the tinnitus. So I, I don't I, I don't need it. But for me, I mean, I, I wouldn't have to mask the tinnitus, but the tinnitus in and of itself is obviously something uh, that's much more in the foreground as soon as I take my hearing aid out, because I will really honestly be... I mean, not death, of course not, but I will, I literally will be hard of hearing when I don't have my hearing aid in. So I do rely on my hearing aid. Uh, when I take my hearing aid out, uh, my hearing is really not great. And I really have to ask my wife to repeat the things 10 times. For example, when my battery dies, when we're on, on a trip somewhere or something, uh, usually I always have batteries with me, but sometimes it happens, right? And then I will just have to ask her over and over again. But to be to be to be to be telling you another side of the story, at nights I sleep with an earplug. My 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 ENT doesn't like it so much because I always have something in my ear, hearing aid or earplug. But I prefer to just sleep with an earplug at night and just have my tinnitus present and nothing else. So I sleep on my right ear, my left ear is nothing hearing. Um, and it, but but the hearing aid, yes, if you have an indication for a hearing aid, do it absolutely because the last thing you want is to hear less than you actually could. Because, of course, even with the presence of tinnitus, your brain and your auditory processing is going to be hijacked so much already that you need the best possible support that you can get. So if you have an indication for a hearing aid, absolutely go for it. It's a huge help. Yeah, just I would just echo that as well. We had a, um, we had a speaker um, last week actually talking about uh, hearing aids and tinnitus. If you have a hearing loss, hearing aid could be helpful if you haven't had your hearing checked recently go and get it checked because a hearing aid can be helpful for tinnitus um okay question from julie so julie's asking is it possible to habituate so julie has pulsatile tinnitus and julie's asking can i habituate to, to pulsatile tinnitus so it no longer bothers me yeah uh i i get that question a lot as well um and i would say yes because it's not the pulsatile Again, it's the same thing, right? It's the same mechanism whereby we have attached meaning to a stimulus that we perceive. And it doesn't matter whether it's uh, crickets, ringing, humming, buzzing, or pulsatile. 
Like it's um, it's the same thing. You have a conditioning based on something that you experience. In a way, in a way, you 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 could see. Um, I mean, I often compare this, right? When you go out into a bright sunny day and you have these little things in front of your eyes, yeah. Or you 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 could sort of like unhabituate to these things and always get focused and hooked on them and be like, what do I have in front of my eyes? What's wrong with my eyes, right? And the same thing is true for if we wanted to, we could create a negative aversion to our hobbies. And I'm sure there is a condition like that. I, I haven't checked it. I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist. We're sure there's an aversion to our heartbeats, right? So we could develop the same kind of reaction to benign body sensation. It can absolutely happen. And in that same vein, it's 100% the same mechanism by which the brain perceives the sound that you experience, because it is a sound, the pulsatile tinnitus, as something, I mean, it's an indicator that you're alive. So that's, I guess, also something positive. Great, thank you, um, Frida. So, uh, question from from Rafe: Do we know why tinnitus changes so much? Is it a physical change? Is your brain interpreting it differently? So Rafe has a steady tone, um, but also has another tone and two or three variants. Guys, really common to have tinnitus that varies and changes. Um, Frida, do you know do you know anything about this? Do we know why tinnitus changes so much? Uh, I, I would have to revert back to the answer by uh, uh, Dr. Craig Casper. Uh, it's incredibly individual why tinnitus changes. Um, when we go through stressful periods, um, our stress response is heightened. We do know in the same way that you said earlier on, Ed, um, when our uh, fear and panic-based center with the lion thing is overactivated, the auditory cortex automatically is also more activated, meaning that when you're being attacked by something, all your centers become sharpened. Right. So if you are in hyper in a state of hyper arousal because you're stressed at work, you're not sleeping well, your brain is in a state of hyper arousal, um, then it's very likely that there the the added activity in your auditory cortex leads to an added perception of tinnitus as well. So and, and, and then there are many, many other factors, right? Like I have podcast interviews with people who talk about TMJ, so problems with uh, neck and jaw, etc. Right. And all these kind of things that all go hand in hand. We are more stressed, our muscles become more tense, ergo our tinnitus becomes louder. So I, I think it's incredibly individual and you have to sort of be gentle with yourself in finding out what triggers it. But then, you know, not always try to avoid it, but it's maybe a little bit more easy to find that compassion and not be so anxious about it when you know, oh yeah, well, I've had that glass of wine last night and that's why my tinnitus is louder or I haven't been sleeping well lately or um, I've been having stress at work and therefore my tinnitus is louder. The most important thing is not to pour more fuel in the into the fire than necessary, right? If, you, if this creates even more stress on you that you say, why is it changing this much? Then you even heightening the stress response rather than saying, oh yeah, there's probably a reason for it. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, we we get that question. We get that question a lot as well. It's really common for tinnitus to change. The thing to put your energy into, as Frida says, the thing to focus on is not the fact that your tinnitus is changing, but focus on what how it makes you feel when your tinnitus does change. Because that's the thing that's making this notable for you and making this unpleasant for you. And if you can change how you feel when it changes, you're not really, you know, you're going to get to the point where you don't notice if it changes. Um, okay, so, um, question from Jordan. So, Jordan had, uh, after scuba diving, has uh, tinnitus um, from almost a year, which is intermittent. Um, 
And they say that it, they, they totally relate to feeling really good when it's good, but then kind of feel like they're back to square one again when it's bad. What's What would you recommend in terms of handling these kind of these really significant changes in mood and feelings about how you're managing your tinnitus? How would you handle that? Um, yeah. Uh, so the first part of the question was about the scuba diving, to which I can not really give an answer because I'm not a medical yeah, doctor. Yeah, so I... I I think the, the question, the question, sorry, I kind of made a bit of a hash of that. Um, I think the question is primarily around how do you handle the mood swings um, mm. that tinnitus gives us when it gets really bad after it's been good for, for a period? Yeah. Um, the first thing is that there are many other things that cause our mood to be higher or lower than just tinnitus. And often what we do is we neglect that. So we are not fair to ourselves and to our tinnitus in saying that if only my tinnitus wasn't like this, I would always be in a perfect mood. So we have to stop kidding ourselves. And sometimes life is tough. Uh, again, I uh, I launched uh, the book uh, uh, last week and I get, did get very little sleep. So although I was super hyper and, and happy about launching the book, I was like physically a little bit shattered last weekend. So, I mean, you know, honestly, sometimes there are these times in our lives where um, we just have to sit with these emotions rather than fighting them and creating even more turmoil. So the one and uh, from an acceptance and commitment point of perspective is if you could start learning how to tolerate the, the lowest part of your mood better. Yeah. So if the absolute lowest points would be classified as a little bit like even if they're still the same in intensity and the same way they are, if you start going into that and familiarizing yourself with that, that's a very deep acceptance and commitment therapy um, and, and methodology. You familiarize yourself with that and you, you might as well discover that these very, very low lows are a little bit less low lows than you think. Most of the time they are very low lows because your brain is just saying, I've known this low low before. It feels terrible and that's what it is taking you um, out of the option to say, well, you know, how can every day is usually different? How could it be exactly the same today? It might be a little bit different. So give yourself the opportunity to experience it a little, little bit more and to open yourself up to the fact that it might not always only be about tinnitus when we have super low days, right? Sometimes it is, but it's very, very important not to create that massive burden of always saying, if only my tinnitus wasn't there, all other areas in my life and aspects would always be fantastic, which is simply not true. I mean, I, I would hope that it would for all of you guys out there and also for you, Ed, but we all know that life is uh, is a, a continuous up and down and tinnitus is a part mm -hmm. of it. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some just, just want to mention, so Nancy's given some some advice here as well, which is really good advice. And Nancy says she uses her CBT skills on both good and not so good days. So, you know, if you prepare, and you mentioned this as well, Freddie, that preparing yourself for when your tinnitus is about having a bad day and practicing so that when you have that, you know, as the, the metaphor you mentioned is, uh, you know, when, you, when you're drowning, you know, if you're drowning, you know how to swim, right? So practice these skills. So when you have a bad day, you've got something in the back of your pocket to get out and you're prepared for that. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got just we've got a, a few minutes left. I'm going to do two more questions. Um, so, question from Chad: Do you have tinnitus in your deaf ear? Is that possible? I don't. So the deaf ear, but there's a reason for it. There is no connection to the auditory cortex. Uh, there was a, a my mom had a, a, an infection during pregnancy, and uh, uh, the hearing nerve is not properly developed. Therefore, I have no stimulation from uh, the left ear. Got it, so no you. tinnitus in my left ear. Got it. Um, 
So, uh, final question. Uh, so, question from anonymous attendee. Um, so, this person's been on a flight and noticed that the volume of their tinnitus has increased afterwards. Is that something you've you've is that something that you've uh, you've experienced before? Flights, the link between going on a flight and tinnitus. I, I I would say the flight itself not, but there is one big mistake that many people make with flying. It's not the airplane or the pressurized cabin or anything itself, but um, it's the fact that uh, the cabin noise is at about uh, uh, 76, 77, 78 uh, decibels, maybe depending on the type of aircraft. Uh, and the problem is not the noise of the cabin or the plane itself, because those levels are absolutely fine, uh, safety regulations wise and stuff. But the problem is when you then pop in these cheap headphones that they give you and you try to listen to a movie and your hearing is already not perfectly great anymore, what do you do naturally? You crank up the volume. So when you then listen to a movie for eight hours at 90, 90 something decibels, then surely it's tricky for your hearing, right? It's not the greatest thing to do. Quick word of advice. Uh, get yourself some lovely noise cancellation headphones for flights. They are miracle wonders. Uh, the, the only other thing, but that would be for a medical doctor, if you have any kind of physical obstruction to the eardrum, uh, ETD, so your station tube dysfunction, any kind of that things, of course, that has to be monitored when you fly because changes in pressure, they could change your tinnitus. But any other things, flying should be safe. And, um, and only maybe in reactive tinnitus cases that the, the level of sound afterwards remains and therefore you're a little bit more triggered from a from a perspective and therefore you hear your tinnitus a little bit louder but nothing to worry about in general great okay frida thank you so much for joining us this evening really interesting presentation and you know great insight with these answers as well um how can people find out more about you where can people go to to hear more about your, your coaching and your book and your and your and your content yeah, absolutely. I've uh, one more thing. The book here launched last week. Uh, it's tinnitus-book.com. www.tinnitus-book.com. Um, uh, that's the one thing. Uh, if you guys want, you can uh, send me questions to Frida at arteringtinnitus.com or go to arteringtinnitus.com. Any of these uh, will do. Um, and yeah, that's 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 all we do. That's uh, what we do. That's what we like to support with. That's uh, what Ed and his team are supporting you with. And of course, I wish uh, all of you guys here in the call and everyone who's listening to this, um, of course, all the best on their journey. All right. Thank you very much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Outering Tinnitus podcast. It's super, super lovely to have all of you listening to the show, tuning in and really hopefully starting to learn to live your absolute best life despite tinnitus. I've mentioned all the resources. So the only thing that I'm left to say here today is I want to close this with another short um, testimonial from a community member, Phyllis writes, hi to the group and to the whole community. I love being part of this group and I have been part of it for a while now and there's a world of difference from before I found Frida's group to now. The angst and anxiety levels went down very soon after joining and the continuing coaching and group stories as well as events have been fantastic. After searching the internet, unfortunately too much, this group is the most positive, helpful and gave hope to me and others that we can absolutely habituate to tinnitus and live our absolute best lives. Frida has always said that all of this is possible despite tinnitus and all the true and best info is absolutely available in this community. Thank you, Frida, for all your help. 
It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for sharing this story with us, Phyllis. So thank you for um, being here. I appreciate every single member in our community. Yesterday, we just had a, a new member onboarding, onboarding meeting. And if you want to be part of the community, you know where to find it. Um, next week on Thursday, we have a few special events. I'm very, very excited about it. We have uh, Gabriela Bocanete, who has previously been on this podcast. She's going to give a nice studio session of her gong bath for relaxation inside our community. So make sure you don't miss that and sign up for your free trial at mytinnitus.club. From my heart to yours, from Berlin and Germany to wherever you're listening from, I wish you all the best. It's my Big pleasure to uh, host this podcast and I sincerely hope that my story with tinnitus and single-sided deafness as well as all the things that I've shared and learned in the last four to five years in coaching hundreds of people with tinnitus um, can really benefit you in your story and your journey as well. Um, you know I love monologuing so I could continue this for ages but you probably have stuff to do. You're probably busy so I'll let you go now. I'll see you in uh, next week's episode on Friday as usual. And uh, until then, I can only say I wish you all the best. Um, check out the free guide and all the resources that we have in the link to the show. And um, yeah, all right. See you very soon and thank you for tuning in. Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening to the Outring Tinnitus podcast. I am looking forward to also welcome you on my website at outringtinnitus.com or if you have any questions, please mail to frida at outringtinnitus.com. See you next time.